0: Welcome to Obsessed with Design, a show about what makes designers tick. My name's Josh Miles. Today on Obsessed with Design, I chat with Karen Karicki, otherwise known as CMY Karen. Karen and I talk about her attraction to watercolor and why she loves it as a design medium, how she got started, and some of the projects she's been working on for the past few years in the social activism space. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Karen Kricke. Okay, guys, you may know her as CMY Karen from the interwebs, but I hope you are all excited to hear from Karen Kricke today. She's a designer and illustrator in Jacksonville, Florida. And if you are familiar with Karen's work, it'll be no surprise to hear she's been experimenting with combining design and watercolor since her days at Kent State University, embracing its unpredictability and the medium itself. Karen has worked with an impressive list of national and international clients, which maybe we'll talk about in a bit, but she's also served as president of Jacksonville's AIGA chapter and was instrumental in starting Discover Design, a mentoring program for high school students that's been active for over eight years. She's currently serving on the board for The Elements, Masha's Young Professional Group, as well as the the National AIGA Get Out the Vote Initiative. So Karen, welcome to Obsessed with Design.
1: Thanks for having me, Josh.
0: So it seems like we bump into each other like every couple of years at a design conference, but uh, yes, we met. What was it? Two thousand eight was the leadership retreat in Portland for AIGA.
1: I think it was two thousand nine. Yeah. Okay,
0: we'll go with that. And I met
1: you and your wife, April. Yeah, absolutely. Yes.
0: So it's uh, it's been fun to to watch your uh, your career growing and all the the cool watercolor stuff that you've been up to. So maybe we'll we'll loop back to all that. But I, as I love chatting with all of our guests, um, tell us a little bit about your origin story. How did you get into design in the first place and, and why watercolor?
1: Sure. So I was born and raised in Rochester, New York, um, home of Kodak, as some of you might know, uh, rest in peace, I guess, but not really, because <laughs> I think they're doing something in the, the print realm now, because uh, I know Tad Carpenter has been doing some Interviews and videos promoting some of their uh, codec stuff. So um, anyway, uh, so born and raised in Rochester, New York, um, which is way colder than Jacksonville, Florida, mm-hmm. <laughs> I might add. But when I was little, it, basically the same story as most designers who get into the field uh, love to draw um, my family called me the bag lady because I was carrying bags of art supplies everywhere I went at all times. Um, but I also was heavily involved in music and and really focused on that for a, a lot of the years of my, from, you know, five years old to uh, early high school, um, sang opera in a, in a chorus called the Eastman Bach Children's Choir, which... I was singing songs in German that I had no idea what I was really saying or singing. Um, and I played clarinet and piano. And then in eighth grade just kind of decided to focus more on the design and illustration stuff. Uh, I think I had taken a survey that said like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I ended up getting a design graphic designer and my mom who had worked at the Democrat and Chronicle in Rochester. She was the features editor for, um, for that newspaper and had worked with designers and illustrators and knew that kind of would be up my alley to kind of focus on. So once I hit high school, focused on more art and design and then decided to go to Kent State University, um, which I think you've had a lot of, a lot of your guests have actually a gone percentage. to Kent State. It's like, <laughs> yeah, weird tie to, to that. Um, but I also played softball since I was five, fast pitch softball. So I wanted a school that had a division one softball program as well as a strong design program. So I ended up at Kent um, and I only played softball for two years. It was kind of impossible to balance those two with their crazy program. But um, but yeah, I loved, loved my years at Kent. Um, ended up after graduating wanting to go to a city that didn't uh, snow for six months out of the year. So I ended up in Jacksonville, Florida. We had had, my family had had ties to Jacksonville. My old pitching coach, I was a softball pitcher, and he ended up moving to Jacksonville when I was in high school. So we'd come down for lessons, uh, pitching lessons every spring break. And um, so I knew the city, I knew the size of the city was something that I was interested in. And the beach was also a draw for sure so uh, started working in Jacksonville at a small agency there uh, in Jack's Beach and decided to go on my own about six years ago so an independent designer illustrator uh, for six years
0: very nice one of the uh, things that I've always liked about or I guess appreciated about Jacksonville is it's kind of a similar size to Indianapolis like in population and kind of yes uh, made a lot of nice strides in the past 10 years. So I think we, we've got that in common as well.
1: (laughs) For sure. And some steps backwards (laughs) as well.
0: (laughs) Every now and then (laughs) there's a, there's a Paula Abdul lyric or something in there, I think.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Two steps forward or two steps back. Yeah. (laughs) Opposites attract. Right. Yes. (laughs) Thank you for completing the challenge. Nineties fan right here. Yes.
0: (laughs) So, was the watercolor thing was that um, derived from your your early childhood bag lady days, or (laughs) was that a more (laughs) contemporary addition?
1: That was that happened in college. So um, I had a professor named Jerry Callback, which it's. Also funny, his name has come up twice. And I've listened to all the Kent State people uh, who I actually know that you've been interviewed. Um, his name has come up twice. And he he's like not anywhere to be found on like Facebook or uh, like he would never listen to this podcast to know that his name has been mentioned so many times. But, uh, but he was just such a great professor, great inspiration to... Um, The illustration program at Kent, and they make you take illustration classes alongside your design classes. And so the first two years were very focused on drawing from life and making things look how they're supposed to look. And then once you get into your junior year, you can decide to continue with the illustration classes. And they introduced watercolor your sophomore year. And I really just really gravitated to the medium and loved that you can't really control it very well. Mm -hmm. It's kind of uh, a medium that produces happy surprises all the time. And I just loved working in it. That was the medium they kind of introduced to us first. And I just kind of went with it. And so by junior year, I was doing more uh, creative assignments that were not so focused on like making things look like life, (laughs) which I probably didn't excel (laughs) in as much as the more fun, uh, fun stuff I'm doing now.
0: Well, that kind of ties into you'd noted on your website. I think that, that your, your sense of humor perhaps comes through most of your work. How much do you think that is important when, when finding a client that they kind of share that sense of humor?
1: No. Oh, I mean, the relationship with your client to me is is so important. If I don't get a good vibe or if we don't really mesh, it's the relationship doesn't usually last too long. Uh, I'll get through a project and then just be like, oh, I don't know if I want to <laughs> ever work with them again. Uh, but most of my, I've been really lucky. Most of my clients have been just really friendly and good people, and that's who I choose to continue to work with. I mean. Obviously you're going to read the situation and not everyone's going to be like a comedian, but, um, if they can laugh at my, my jokes or my stupidity, then that's cool with me.
0: Well, maybe catch us up to what your practice looks like today with the studios, like, um, like what a typical day looks like for you and how much time you're spending actually laying down watercolor versus doing more traditional design work.
1: Sure. Sure. I'd say it's about 50-50 split. Um, I have some local clients that I do a lot of like design and branding for, but I also do a lot of the stuff on my website that I promote is the watercolor illustration stuff because that's what I enjoy doing and want to be hired for. So um, I don't really have a typical day um, where I come in at an exact time and leave at an exact time, which is probably bad. (laughs) <laughs> for me, but um, I usually try to get to the studio around nine by nine and uh, work through the day. Um, in This year, in 2017, I've been really trying to focus more on um, like personal work because one of my goals for this year is to get into some textiles and um, pattern making and work with my younger sister, who's like a whiz at sewing and making products to make some of our own products which um hopefully we'll be doing within the next few months. So, yeah, a lot more focus has been placed on the creating and making and just uh watercolor collage this year or within the past 6 months than I had been previously. But yeah, I have a, I mean it's just a mix, who knows like what's going to be in the next email I receive, you know. I do a mix of of both, you know, I locally, they know people know that I do branding and design. And if I ever decide to freaking upset, update my website, everyone else would know that too. So, <laughs> uh, maybe this podcast will give me a kick in the butt to actually do that. Like I had been promising myself for the past two years. So,
0: so I'm going to ratchet out a little yeah. bit here on the podcast. even. But <laughs> When I first reached out to Karen, uh, late in 2016, she said, yeah, um, I'd love to be on the show, but let me update my website first. So when we went to <laughs> went to double check on the date this morning, I was like, oh yes. shoot, the website nope. hasn't been updated. Maybe we're not Still on Still the
1: same. Still the same. But if you want to find mo- my most recent work, you can check out my Instagram account at CMY Karen.
0: Cool. So one of the things that I really um am digging that you had on Instagram were some of the the patterns with watercolor, which is not something like my brain didn't Go there that that was even a thing you could do <laughs> to create a pattern with watercolor. But it was, it was really awesome. Is that kind of the direction you're thinking with the textile side?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I right now it's just a lot of experimenting and making and just enjoying taking what I've done by hand and then bringing it into Photoshop or figuring out how to layer stuff or make it a seamless pattern where I can actually make fabric out of it. I have worked with, um, deny designs for the past four years, I think. Um, and they are a home goods company. So I have some things that you can buy online. Like you can buy, uh, fabric pillows, um, bedspreads, all of that stuff with my artwork on it. But I'm looking to update more of that stuff within the next few months, as well as do my own fabrics.
0: So for today your studio's just you, right? Yep. Any any thoughts on growing that to larger and if it's if it's just you then talk through kind of the thinking.
1: At the moment uh no. <laughs> and the reason being is I just love having my own schedule. I love not having to worry about anyone else or having to grow at a certain rate. Um, in the past, I have considered hiring maybe a part-time person to handle the admin stuff. But um, right now, I'm just enjoying being on my own um, and having my own schedule to be able to travel when I want to and take a road trip for a month when I want to. Uh, it's been really nice to to not have to report to anyone or have anyone else report to me. So no future plans right now, but uh, never say never. I mean five, six years ago, I had told myself, well, maybe like six or seven years ago, I told myself that I never wanted to work for myself. I want, I always wanted to work for someone. And then like two years later, decided to go on my own, um, and have been making it work. But, so I don't know. I, right now there's no plans for that, but, but there could potentially be.
0: What do you feel like is the most challenging part of being solo?
1: Just getting lonely, I guess. But there is a, another person who works out of my studio. She's not here all the time, but she is here for maybe like three days out of the week. So it's nice to have someone to kind of bounce ideas off of. Um, and it is kind of nice, too, because I focus better when I am on my own alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, I don't mind that. And there's so much going on if I want to participate like in a community, uh, our AIGA chapter is pretty active here, so if I want to hang out with uh, AIGA, I can do that. If I want to hang out with other design friends, I can do that. Um, I mean, we have we have a pretty close knit group here, so they're all just like a drive away if I want to hang out, discussing uh, what I'm working on or getting feedback. So that that's been nice. But yeah, sometimes I I'm just like Ugh, I don't want to be stuck in the studio all day. What can I do? So. Go for a walk, or you know, go to a coffee shop. But I typically like being alone, <laughs> so I don't mind it. Well, and
0: your uh, your client roster certainly doesn't reflect any shortcomings with being solo, with uh, what the Washington Post and Nike and Reebok and Target, and McDonald's, uh, AT and Jacksonville Jaguars. Like, how how have you succeeded in landing some of these big name clients as a as a soloist?
1: Yeah, a lot of it comes from just my site, uh, being on the Behance network, a lot of the original stuff uh, that I started getting came from that because I had joined pretty early when that started. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think a lot of those, like the bigger names have come from that. um, But yeah, uh, people will see projects that I've done on Dribbble or my Instagram, uh, but probably mainly my website. I t- try to ask people where they find my work. And most of the time they'll say, Oh, I found you on Behance or, you know, someone recommended you to me um, to work with. Cause I focus so much on watercolor. And if they're looking for that look, mm-hmm. usually my name will come up. Yeah. I don't do a ton of self promo. Um, so I don't have any secrets <laughs> for how I <laughs> landed some of them, but um, I mean, I need to get better at that. Obviously, up- updating my website is uh probably the first place to start. But yeah, I uh I don't have any secrets on how to do that because if I did, I would probably have more of those clients.
0: <laughs> how do you find and and maybe there are some similarities both on the branding and design side versus the the illustration and watercolor side, but what do you think are the most commonalities between those your favorite clients?
1: Just a uh, general respect for the process and understanding that um, like typically when people are hiring me for like the watercolor stuff I they know it's gonna take a little bit longer because it is all done by hand um, so just kind of understanding that and like I don't I don't do a ton of editorial like I don't get called at, nine in the morning and then have to turn something around Mm -hmm. by like noon, which I probably could do, but, uh, I prefer the more like long-term things like advertising illustration, um, that I can put a little more time into and develop and finesse those ideas. But yeah, I think just the general respect for, for what we do. I mean, it's probably the same thing that you see in your clients, Mm -hmm. uh, that they understand design and the value of design and what it brings to their business.
0: What do you find are some of the most common red flags, perhaps?
1: Typically, when the contract takes too long to get approved, uh, if it goes back and forth and back and forth with their legal team, which obviously on bigger assignments you expect, but if it's some if it's a new client and they're pushing too much on price or stipulations on the contract that's kind of when you're just like, oh is this whole thing to me like this like I don't know if I'm gonna re- if I'm gonna resent this whole project because they're so hard to work with but um I luckily haven't been in too many of those situations um but I think as the the further you go into doing this like you kind of know what projects are going to come to fruition or not Red flags. Let's see. Oh, if they ask me to draw people, <laughs> I'm not like <laughs> the best uh, at drawing realistic people. So, uh, and I don't have a lot of that work on my site. I don't even know that it, I have any. And in the past, when people have requested that, I'm like, Are you sure? And I'll send them samples of like the people that I draw. And um, half the time they're like, Yeah, that's great. That's what we want. And then and then at the time you are like, oh, can you recommend someone else? And it's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like they, they want people in watercolor styles and I have a list of people I'd probably recommend for them instead of me.
0: Um, you were telling me a little bit before we got started here about a uh, recent project with Mayo Clinic. Did you say that was portraits?
1: Um, yeah, that, that is a uh, portrait. So that was actually, that came along, uh, my studio mate, Summer Wood, she is a, an illustrator-designer as well. And we did a project last summer called 100 Days for LGBTs. Um So in Jacksonville, we have a human rights ordinance, but it di- wasn't all-inclusive for LGBT people. And so we wanted to do a project that would push um, the idea that everyone should have equal rights. And uh, we wanted to do something that would kind of push our limits and um, like push us out of our comfort zones of like drawing people and like doing that every day for a 100 days, um, which we both got a lot better at. (laughs) But yeah, so in Jacksonville, uh, previously, you could be fired for being gay or denied housing for that which is ridiculous and we just wanted to highlight people in the community who are fighting to get equal rights for everyone so we we featured 100 people in jacksonville who are fighting every day to do it and um in february this year it got passed so we are we're a better city for it obviously
0: very cool and then you were telling me a little bit about uh the upcoming book that you're working on as well
1: yeah, yeah. So um, Donna Orinder, who uh, she actually used to be the president of the WNBA, um, and she lives in Jacksonville. She has a um, a book coming out or that she's writing called um, "Wowsdom," and it's advice for young girls, probably ages twelve to sixteen, twelve to seventeen. Uh, motivational, inspirational advice. Um, a bunch of women and men writing letters to their former selves to encourage people to keep trucking. And, you know, if, if things get you down, it's not the end of the world (laughs) as we all know. Um, but just as a tool to for younger people to kind of get through what they're going through. So I'll be, um, illustrating and designing the whole book. Um, and that should like, we've started doing, some of it, uh, but I'm suspecting my April and May will be pretty much taken by by a lot of that, so
0: is there a target uh publishing date for that yet?
1: I believe they've already passed. <laughs> 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 they originally wanted it to go to print like end of March, and uh that didn't happen. They put on a big conference every year in Jacksonville for the past five years and Mm -hmm. they've been focusing on that. So they are not getting me the content as fast as, uh, they had promised, but it's okay. I've been kind of focusing on my own thing the past few months. So I've really been enjoying getting to dive into that a little bit more and focusing on some other of my clients. So whenever, whenever they have the content, I'll be ready.
0: (laughs) What would you say is one of your proudest professional moments so far?
1: Uh, I knew you're gonna ask this. <laughs> I listened to uh, past uh, interviews you had done. Uh, I honestly have like racked my brain for this because I don't, I don't know that I have one specific highlight. Um, I think it comes due to the fact that I probably have a bad like long term memory. Like whenever anyone asks me like what my favorite book is. Their song or band, I'm just like I don't, I don't know. There's too many to like, <laughs> choose from, uh, but I'd have to say like just being able to do this on my own, and when I never really thought I was going to or wanted to, um, and realizing like how lucky we are to like get up and do this every single day. Like I get to make work for clients and help them succeed in their businesses, and I think one of like maybe one of the highlights was. The week I, I left the last agency I was at, I I had to fly to Chicago for my best friend's wedding and I got off the plane and I had an email from the Washington Post, like asking me to uh, do the cover of their Sunday style magazine. And I was just like, what? <laughs> that's That's awesome. Like, <laughs> I don't do a lot of editorials. So the fact that they found me and the timing of that could not have been perfect to kind of solidify that I had made the right decision to go on my own and and try to do this for myself so that was probably one of the one of the highlights
0: so was that the deciding thing or that was that happened after you decided no
1: it's just I had already quit so I had already like put in my two weeks I was done with that agency and just working on clients that I had kind of collected freelance through freelance while I was at that agency but but yeah that was like one of the bigger clients i had gotten uh that didn't know i was on my own like i don't i don't know where they found my work or anything like that but yeah it just kind of came along at the right time and i was like oh wow okay i can do this like i can make this happen
0: did you have any um design heroes that come to mind or is that kind of like asking you what your favorite (laughs) band is (laughs) (laughs)
1: that is uh is quite like that but I knew you're gonna ask that one too so I tried to (laughs) crack my brain for people um and yeah design heroes I don't know like when I think of heroes it's kind of like you idolize these people and you like think about them every day and like how you're gonna be like them but to me it's it's there's just so many people in the industry who I respect and who I don't know if they influence my work, but they inspire me because they are kicking ass of what they're doing. Um, Myra Coleman uh, is like an amazing illustrator. She's done stuff for the New Yorker. She has multiple books. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her work. I think she just won the AIGA gold medal last year, maybe. Oh, nice. Um, but yeah, she was. Uh, she has just done so many amazing uh, illustrations and I just love her take on life and how she pulls from uh, her everyday life and makes illustrations based on those. And they're just really inspiring. As far as like the watercolor stuff goes, um, Steena Person to me is like just an amazing watercolor artist and probably someone I saw earlier in my career, like I'll never make anything like what she's making. And she focuses more on like fashion stuff. Um, than I ever have like been interested in, but her style is just like mind blowing how she works with watercolor and just her color selection, everything about her work I love. Oliver Jeffers, he's an awesome uh, artist slash designer. Everything he does, does uh, children's books, design, fine art, pretty much everything. Um, Jerry Callback, as I mentioned, my old professor, is one of my mentors and design heroes. And then the people who are kind of making like an entire like enterprise out of what they're doing. There's a few people that come to mind that I don't know if I ever really want to get to what they're doing, like the level of like craziness building these whole like corporations out of their name. Mm -hmm. But like Anna Bond from Rifle Paper, like her, her stuff is all over and it's, beautiful and managing that has to be crazy but really inspiring um that you can do that if you choose to or i mean obviously you have to have the talent but but uh tuesday bassins doing the same thing uh even draplin like within our industry like products merge like having an entire uh spring tour to go to every mm-hmm. city in the country like that's really inspiring to me I mean, every day I find someone new, and I'm just like, "Oh God, stop looking at the internet." (laughs) (laughs) There's too much talent out there, but it's just so inspiring. It makes me want to work harder.
0: I think we need a CMY Karen official field notes cover.
1: (laughs) That would be fun. It definitely be down. (laughs) Plant that
0: that seed. See if that happens. (laughs) Would you see yourself doing that kind of product line thing? I don't feel like that's such a stretch from um, the site that you're selling your products through already.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And right. As I mentioned, um, like wanting to do the stuff with my sister and making actual products based on fabrics and textiles that I'm looking to, to do. So yeah, it's, it's not far fetched by any means, but like getting it to that level, it kind of actually turns me off (laughs) because I feel like, uh, a lot of them might might not get as much time to make as deal with their business stuff. Um, but yeah, I I'm just inspired that people can can do that and find the time to still make new work every day because um, that's a that's a hell of a lot to balance.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, because you've. None that I've going to, I was going to ask you most of these questions. This one is one for sure that you know is coming, but so Karen, what do you find that you are most obsessed with right now?
1: This, I kind of, I mean, I was the past two years super obsessed with like being active within the community and using my design skills and illustration skills to kind of further certain messages. So, uh, I co-founded the Jax Young Voters Coalition uh, two years ago, where we focused on educating young people on why they need to be involved in local politics or at least vote um, in local elections, because those are the people making decisions for you that affect you on a daily basis. Um, and so I've done a lot of a lot of that stuff. I was involved with the AIGA Get Out the Vote um, initiative, where we we're hoping to get all A.I.J. A.I.J. members to register and vote, but uh, right now I'm just really interested in uh, making making as much as I can. Uh, I wake up and I want to make. <laughs> I, it sounds so cliche, but I I just want to get into the studio and. And experiment with as many different materials as possible and um, I've been uh, experimenting with collage and how to combine that with watercolor and just seeing where, uh, where I can put all of these different ideas together to see what leads to the next thing. So I've actually created something new every day since I think January 1st or January 2nd of this year and I didn't really mean for it to be any sort of like 100 day project or 365 day project, but it's kind of turning into that, which I don't really like because it puts that pressure on you to actually make something. And I don't think I, I want to focus on each piece as I, as I do them. So I don't want to just create to create, I'm like making to actually like eventually do something with it. So yeah, I'm obsessed with that, but I'm also obsessed with, um, dipping sauces and condiments <laughs> and any type of dip. <laughs> so I bought, I bought the URL, um, when I dip, you dip, we com like <laughs> a year and a half ago. And I keep, I wanted to, uh, have a site where I would rate different dipping sauces and, uh, like kind of write a little synopsis of each sauce and maybe illustrate it. Um, But now I'm kind of thinking that I want to make the actual sauces and like get inspiration from online or, you know, cookbooks, because I'm not going to pretend that I'm like this amazing cook, but um, I want to get better at that. So I am kind of obsessed with the idea of like starting this blog and like making these dips, which will force me to learn to cook better, but also do... Um, things that I'll get better at along the way. So photographing the dips, illustrating them, illustrating ingredients. Um, and then I have been looking to get back into some ocean stuff. Uh, I haven't really touched After Effects since college, which I loved in college. And uh, so I'm looking to retrain myself in that and start making some food move. Um, so, yeah, lots of new this year, which I'm excited about hopefully within the next, uh, month I'll get that launched.
0: Well, first of all, I love the name. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) And for anybody who doesn't get the reference, go look it up. (laughs) I'm looking forward to seeing your, your food move, but also I, I'm picturing the watercolor moving too. I don't know if that's part of the plan, but
1: yeah, yes, that is exactly what I am planning to do. I'd, I found, I actually found this, uh, I was watching a movie the other day and there was this opening credits or one of the production companies opening credits and it was just like watercolor moving and fading. And I was just like, "Yep, yeah, that's what I want to like do. So hopefully within the next six months, I'll actually do it just Let's not let's hope it's not like updating my website. <laughs> then it'll never get done. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
0: well, we'll have to schedule the follow up now for uh for the end of the year so we can talk about your, your moving food and watercolor.
1: Yeah, yeah, that that'll put the pressure on.
0: And maybe maybe that's the first answer. But do you have any other um dream projects or dream clients or dream industries that you'd like to work for in the future?
1: I don't know if any specific clients come to mind when uh you ask this but uh i haven't done like i've been part of um restaurant rebrands like doing like watercolor elements for them but i kind of want to take one on myself and just be able to have the vision with the client to do exactly what i want to (laughs) do so if anyone's starting a restaurant call me because i would love to to take that on um And then just the the products that I had mentioned, like starting to sell those textiles and sorry, there's a truck backing up. And I don't know if you can hear that or not. But (laughs) It's
0: not the first time we've had a truck backing up on Obsessed (laughs) with Design.
1: Yeah, I work out of a, um, there's a three building kind of complex, an art complex in Jacksonville. And there's probably 60 to 65 different artists from all different walks of life, uh, that work out of here. So photographers, fine artists, there's a couple of other designers, but I guess when you ask, like, if I get lonely, I always have other people to kind of talk to. So it's kind of nice, but, um, but we're also sandwiched between a crane yard. <laughs> so there's like in our backyard, <laughs> there's like cranes coming and going, uh, every day. And also there's train tracks, like, within a hundred feet. So you hear trains going through, which I kind of like, unless I get stopped by one, uh, which sucks.
0: <laughs> so now on my end, I think the entire Indianapolis fire department is driving past my building. So hopefully all that isn't coming through, <laughs> but, uh, this will, this will be an eventful background noise edition of obsessed. Yes. Show.
1: planes trains and automobiles (laughs) so
0: maybe a good piece of advice would be find a, a more soundproof place to record but i'm i'm curious you know a lot of our listeners are young or aspiring designers and i always love to hear what's your best piece of advice to pass along to others or maybe your favorite piece of advice that that you've received
1: i think my favorite piece of advice that i've heard or read um is just show up i mean if you're If you're not taking it seriously and just, especially if you're in school and you're just doing the assignments that are asked of you and you're not putting any effort, extra effort into uh, what you want to do, just show up every single day and make stuff. Even if you don't feel like making, (laughs) like once you start, you really can't stop. So, and goals that you have that are like so huge, that seem so huge, um, if you chip away little by little, like you can you can achieve those goals. Like that sounds really cheesy, but (laughs) like if you just show up and make the work, you're going to, you're going to discover things within your work that you want to push and kind of pull from and experiment with and continue to, to play with. Um, and looking at your career is like, not this like uphill climb, that's just going sh- directly up until you like retire and then you're like done, like look at it as like, there's going to be good things and there's going to be shitty things that happen. And like learning from that stuff is like, so important to like, if, if you get knocked down, like get back up again, like that horrible 90s song. <laughs> what, what is that? That's from the nineties, right?
0: <laughs> so much musical referencing yeah, too many going on. Nineties,
1: 90s, nineties references. Yeah.
0: Are we talking about chumb- Chumbawamba?
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one. Who knew that there was a Wamba reference <laughs> in this interview? Oh, today. I did
0: not see that coming. But
1: yeah, yeah. If you, uh, yeah, just don't fixate on things that aren't going well in your life. Like, focus on the good things and sh- continue to show up. And those things looking back won't really be big things like they feel like in the moment. But yeah, that's how we all grow. And when things start to feel stale, like continue to make things that are outside of your comfort zone. Um, and I think we all have different like seasons and stages within our career as well, where maybe you're absorbing a lot of other people's work for one stage, but then like in the next one, it's like, Oh, I'm just going to not like get inspiration from other designers. I'm just going to work on my own stuff and not really like try to focus on what other people are making, because I think a lot of that stalls creativity when you're like, I'm never going to be as good as this person. Um, But that person has put in 20 years of work to to get to where they are and you put in one. So just not getting discouraged by, by that is huge.
0: Yeah, exactly. I definitely echo the, just show up and get started thing. I think, especially if, if you've got some, some lingering perfectionist tendencies like myself like it's that's the hardest part is like just to just to get off of the starting line you know
1: yeah yeah there's a book called um the war of art which i read like probably 5 years ago and it talks all about like the resistance of life versus like your art and like how you know you don't feel like making it but if you just show up and like chip away like and just block out resistance Like going down the rabbit hole, like looking at Facebook or something like Mm -hmm. that, like just tune all of that out and just make like don't don't concern yourself with with what's going on outside of your life. Like your mental health is most important. And then once that's in a good place, like then you can start like becoming active in the community and being uh, an activist within with your work. But yeah, I mean. I said, every career goes through stages. So like, I feel like mine right now, like I've been kind of doing more of this activism stuff for the past two or three years. And now I'm like, okay, I need some time for myself to like figure out what the next step is, what I want to focus on and what I want to put my time and energy toward.
0: It's funny that you mentioned War of Art. That's by Steven Pressfield. If you guys are interested.
1: Stephen Pressfield. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But as you were talking about your advice. I was totally thinking of that book. So we are, we're on the same, same today, but yeah, that is, I think it's a great, it's a great quick read too. It's not like a, you know, this giant thing that you've got to, uh, you know, marathon through it's, it's pretty quick, pretty, pretty quick light read. Right. Well, nice. Karen, before we, um, let you go, maybe you could tell us a little bit about where we can track you down online and where we can buy some of your stuff and Sure. And when we can look for that website update.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is, uh, I, I can't give you, maybe that's like my five year plan. <laughs> Get a website up. Um, you can find me anywhere. Like just type in CMY Karen, C M Y K A R E N, not CMYK Karen or anything. Everyone's always like, you're CMYK Karen. I was like, no, that's the kind of counters that. But yeah, yeah, CMR Karen on Instagram, Dribble. Um, that's my website, and you can find products through uh, Deny Design through my site. But yeah, this has given me like a kick in the pants to actually do it. I have a photographer lined up and everything to just shoot the work, and I don't know what's wrong with me. You
0: got <laughs> to fight the resistance. I've been
1: sitting on it forever. I know, <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, maybe that'll be my April goal to just bite the bullet and like get it up.
0: I dig it. So we'll have to uh, get you back on here later to talk about your your future food blog yes. as well.
1: The journey through the uh, the dip blog and <laughs> the, uh, the products and the site. Yeah. Check with me in like six months and maybe I'll have have accomplished all of that.
0: Excellent. Well, we will definitely do that. Karen, thanks for making the time to chat with me today. And thank you for being obsessed with design. Okay, guys, that was episode number 63 in the books. Thanks to Karen Crickie for being on the show today. For all of our show notes, head over to obsessedshow.com and you can tweet at Josh Miles or at Obsessed Show and let us know who you think we should interview next. Obsessed with Design is a production of the Design Obsessed team at Miles Herndon, a branding agency in beautiful downtown Indianapolis. Our intro music is Matchbox Girl by Kazzy Joe, and our show is always edited by Jen Eds at the Brassy Broadcast Company. Thanks for listening guys, we'll see you next time.